Hello and greetings. This is Sammy Nan. I normally do a podcast uh, called My Summer Lair. The last two Christmases, I've been doing this kind of mini series podcast called My Pal Sammy, just as a diversion. My Summer Layers are usually interviews, and then My Pal Sammy are kind of solo missions. It's not Christmas break, but the reason why I'm doing this solo one tonight is because I'm still processing the passing of Kobe Bryant. (sighs) The thing is, the NBA, it's not like celebrity culture. Lots of celebrities die at various ages. There's 27 Club, the classical accidental overdose, the car accident. All NBA players are young. They come into the league in their early 20s and most retire somewhere in their mid-30s or leave America to play overseas. And the whole time they're here, they're surrounded by doctors and medical staff. So nobody in the NBA really dies. Like in the NFL, there's lots of death and suicide, but that's mostly related to CTE. In the NBA, Bill Russell was 100 years old when we started watching Jordan in the mid-80s. We, collective we. And yet he faithfully comes out every All-Star weekend. (laughs) You know we're going to see him in a couple of weeks. Magic tested positive for HIV or something. I don't know what happened in the 1990s. Yeah, right. That dude looks healthier now than like most people I know. The... There's a couple of examples that I can think of. Robert Tractor Trailer. Remember him? Used to play for Michigan. Came in the league. Didn't have a really big run. He died in 2011 from a heart attack. He was really badly overweight. Len Bias in 86. Drafted by the Celtics. He could have been something special. That was a drug overdose. But we'll never know what he could have been. But generally nothing like this. Nothing like Kobe. The NBA is death-free. To be an NBA fan, we gather together for NBA games and documentaries, Jordan movies, night commercials, all-star games, but, like, never for funerals. And it's Kobe, too. Not just anybody. Like... Bobby Hurley, I think he was on the Sacramento Kings. He had a devastating car accident. He survived, but he never played again. Mookie Blaylock was on life support after his car accident, but he'd been retired by then, and I think he got well enough to serve time in jail. I think he got, I can't remember, manslaughter? It was a weird ending for Mookie Blaylock. I mean, these are not big names. Like, we're talking Kobe, right? These are not big names. Bobby Hurley, Mookie Blaylock. Had they died, most people would have just shrugged. Who? Mookie was cool, though, back in the day, I gotta admit. Uh, that would have been a sad one to see him go. The whole thing is so weird. And sad. Kobe's wife? The poor mom has to bury a kid. That's never a good thing. It's one thing to bury a husband. 
It's entirely a dark, different matter to bury a kid. Plus the other people and family and friends all connected to the pilot, the passengers in this helicopter that like all these people perished. I had to take Monday off. I, I, I can't deal with people's nonsense right now. I picked up a large bag of Dorito Sweet Chili Heat and a two liter bottle of Coke. And I'm like, I'm out. I stayed home with my emotions. This one cuts. It's so hard because this current crop of NBA players, they watched Kobe. These are Kobe's kids, not Jordan's kids anymore. They knew Kobe. They tr Some of them trained with Kobe. They watched him play. So everybody is just devastated. I follow. Well, followed, I guess, sadly. Kobe on social. And yeah, what they're saying about his daughter did seem like she was on her way. She had a she had a decent jumper. The force was strong with that one. I don't know. Such an odd NBA year. We kick off losing Kobe, and then in June, the Jordan Bulls doc, the Last Dance, about their last year together. Winning a championship. The end of Jordan era. In June that drops on Netflix. It's just an odd recognition. Of all that we've seen. We've lived through some fierce battles. And seen some incredible plays. And players. We've seen greatness and goodness. We've declared war on mediocrity. And pushed and forced ourselves to be better. To hold ourselves to a higher standard. I grew up surrounded by Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. There's no way I was going to cut corners. You know how much time and sacrifice these guys put in? I saw Kobe once. I saw Kobe play once. In LA. Staples Center. I've been fortunate to go to many different NBA games. But I never saw anything like Staples Center. They came like it was a pilgrimage. From over the hills, around the corner, just this army of purple and gold just coming out everywhere. It was like a cartoon from behind trees, under rocks. Like that army guy that's in the bushes there, covered all in leaves, and he comes, pops up, and he's like, here I am. Like, they just came from everywhere. It was a gathering, it was a force, it was an army, it was a community, it was fans. I never saw anything like that. October 31, 2010 versus the Warriors. Steph Curry was in his second year, but I don't remember why. He didn't play that game. That was an area when the Warriors had him, but they were still going with uh, Monta Ellis. Remember that? That's awkward. Also for the Warriors, Jeremy Lin came in to the game for like a hot minute. He scored two points. Yeah. Kobe wore 24. Scored only 20 points. 20? Dude, come on, man. I came all the way from Canada to watch this game. I clearly look like a tourist. I'm the only person in the building not wearing purple and gold. This Lakers team was Odom, Meta World Peace, Paul Gasol and D. Fish, D. Fisher. 
as a starting five. Damn, son. They won big. 107 to 83. Jack Nicholson was there. Looked for him before the tip-off. Found Denzel first. Waved at them both. Neither saw me. The Lakers players introduction. It began with this uh, big sheet. Not just the Jumbotron, but it was this big white sheet. And on it, they had all these historical highlights branded into the into the sheet. And you could just see it like Jerry West, the logo, Kareem, magic. So many incredible moments and success and history. This is like a storied franchise. I mean, it's them and the Celtics. The next day, because it's L.A., I went out to the beach and I sat there listening to the waves crash. I lit up a cigar and I, I thought about legacy. I don't live near the ocean. When I look outside my windows, I don't see mountains. So I watched the NBA because I need to be reminded that sometimes my thinking is small. Forget what's possible. I do get lazy. I get impatient. The water, the ocean, that day barely stirred, not like my mind. The cigar ignited with a spark was drawing to a close. Legacy only matters when it's all done. Until then, there's always work to do, work to be done. Whatever your Kobe Bryant feelings are, what matters most now is what you do today and what you do tomorrow. Every celebrity death has a major impact. This the social media trend because they have made choices and sacrifice which allowed them to be great. They matter to us and they value to us because of those conscious choices. That's the takeaway for every celebrity death. Be great. Whatever choices and sacrifices you have to make to be great, figure them out and make them. Fiercely and fearlessly. Most of us, history will not record. We will not appear on any stamps that Chuck D will use. But greatness as parents, greatness as husbands and wives, greatness as writers and podcasts and anything and everything else we do, that is a choice. We can make that choice. Fear will ebb and flow. Naysayers will always be our soundtrack, a permanent choir. And doubts will present eloquent, seemingly airtight court cases. Look, you already know all this. I'm not saying anything that's new or novel. What I am suggesting is that every celebrity passing is a gut check to know and to recognize if you're still committed and willing to do the work. If so, go forth and do it. In Kobe Bryant's muse, there's a moment where he says, 
That's a choice we have to make as individuals. If you want to be great at something, there's a choice you have to make. We can all be masters at our craft, but you have to make a choice. What I mean by that, there are inherent sacrifices that come along with that. Family time, hanging out with friends, being a great friend, being a great son, nephew, whatever the case may be. There are sacrifices that come along with making that decision. <clears throat> this is so hard. I wish my mouth was like a ventriloquist dummy and my heart was the puppet master and I could articulate all these things without tripping over my thoughts. My, my contempt for cancel culture, most hashtag movements, it's all fairly consistent. I, I, I refuse to employ any of them for the simple reason that my unwavering fidelity is holy to the creator. Fans are fickle. We take so much for granted and often issue proclamations for a position of arrogance or worse, ignorance. I don't like these modern movements because they falsely hinge on an idiotic assumption that creators, especially celebrities, are light bulbs and can easily be replaced. I've said this before, you get one Prince. That's all you get. You get one Bowie. One Michael Jackson. That's it. Those are some of our best and most dynamic creators. Yet we often treat them like indistinguishable Lego blocks, snapping them in, in and out of our pop culture. As we have seen repeatedly, death in a variety of forms comes for all of them. And no matter how they pass away, all we are left with is the work they did. If we're being honest, all we as fans are ever permitted to judge is the work. Of course, Team Z's shoddy but profitable business indicates we have an irresponsible hunger for rumors that haven't been fact-checked. And sure, though many church pews come Sunday morning are empty, we readily apply a shoddy righteousness to the moral failings of the famous like an unreasonable duct tape to fix all that is broken. Even a casual glance at how we treat others online sadly confirms we are a cold society, mostly devoid of empathy and grace. I devoutly abide by creators because I value the sacrifices they have made for themselves but also for us. The books and movies and music and blogs and podcasts and NBA greatness we consume were made by individuals who gave up sleep and family time and beach time and so much. That's the sacrifices Kobe was talking about. He gave up so much. It's not easy, but it's not meant to be easy. It's not fair, and it's not supposed to be fair. We all labor in a system we did not design, and yet we cannot afford to be intimidated by the odds. It takes sacrifices to be good. To be great is a brutally high cost. 
is why creators like Prince and Bowie stand out. Lots of people make music. Spotify is brimming with bands. But lots of people make excuses. Or they complain. Or they play the race card. Or do anything but the work. When you die, people will not remember your excuses. Your butts and wouldas, shouldas, couldas, none of that matters. When you die, all you leave behind is the work. I am so deeply appreciative of the sacrifices these creators have done for our benefit. Who scanning their field of business decided to become one of the best to ever do it. Then follow through and put that time and effort into hustling so we could all enjoy magic. I feel bad for thinking that magic would be endless. Thank you, Kobe. You won in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2009, and 2010. You were born August 23, 1978, and you left this world on January 26, 2020. Thank you for making the sacrifices and picking up the torch for Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Please rest now. Your work is done. My name is Sam Yunin. This has been My Pal Sammy.